Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
song. Give me some love. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last night. We had a huge show last night. Everything you could want in a program, perfect dialogue, amazing, amazing guests. Just, I mean, the way we mesh, the way we have this just chemistry. I mean, you know, we, we keep evolving more and more every episode. It just keeps growing stronger and stronger. You know, just the, the rhythm and, uh, you know, the, I'll tell you, the personalities that, uh, you know, we get involved in and, and the value they bring to the table and, um, you know, just all the different insight and all, you know, it all, it always brings very interesting, uh, and creativity, you know, creativity situations to the, uh, to the table. That's for sure. And it, you know, it, what, it's what makes our broadcast, uh, so wonderful and so kind of, you know, different than others. You know, I, I try to, you know, really uh, get everybody involved as much as possible. You know, we always have highly notable guests as everybody can see, um, we've, you know, in the last, what, I, I started doing this in December of 2017, so over two years now on the radio, uh, as everybody knows, I just picked up the mic one day, I was uh, an upset citizen and concerned citizen, really waking up to everything that was going on and that, was, that Trump was kind of, you know, touching on and, you know, and the, the podcast industry just kind of you know, took off and, and everybody was capitalizing and gaining a huge, huge audience. And uh, here I am, you know, uh, episode 255 guys. Uh, I never thought I, you know, would be at this point. Um, you know, it's just a, um, an unbelievable honor and true gift and, and something that you can never take for granted. And, you know, I'm always thankful for my sponsors, my audience, my guests and my co-hosts, just like I mentioned every single episode, um, you know, the, 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 just growing up, you know, the, the radio was never on my mind, you know, but if you have a gift for something, if you're good at something, if you're, you know, passionate about something, if you love what you do, then, you know, you, you, you can make a strong career out of it, you know, and I've, I've done well in radio, you know, I've made money on, various sponsors and other things and it's you know it's nice and you know as everybody knows i I own an app business mobile apps which does me very well which is a a business that is the future everybody will have an app eventually i mean many businesses already do i mean it's millions and millions and uh it's just you know i don't want to get too off topic but technology is just so fascinating and uh better than ever before i mean the fact that just for instance i can come on here and talk with people in 25 countries where we're listened to. Yeah, 25 countries, guys. Can you believe that? And uh, 70, 70, 70 online platforms. And don't forget, mark your calendars. Uh, in a couple weeks, I will be starting at Salem Radio Network, one of the biggest political stations on earth. Sean Hannity, Mark Le- Levin, Hugh Hewitt, Sebastian Gorka, um, Larry Elder, um, so many names that you can just keep thinking of all do their shows there. So it's the greatest place uh, to be, uh, you know, to, to grow and, and continue on uh, to, to the best level in this industry, uh, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, um, 
I don't consider this work either. You know, there's, there's a famous quote, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. You know, and I, and I don't consider technology, you know, work. I love it. I love doing it. And it's, it's just, it's wonderful. Um, and, and guys, you know, I, I really um, want to say that, uh, you know, it, 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 I obviously am the creator. I'm the orchestrator behind this entire program. But you guys have really made such an impact, all of you, all of you. Like I think, you know, I, I, wanted, I want everybody to know that, you know, this isn't just a, a one, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, it, it is my show, but it's so much more than that. We're, we're creating a movement. We're creating something very special, something that I want to carry on and, and continue for so many years. Uh, I don't, you know. Some of these people will just do a few podcasts and, you know, screw around and, and that, and that's it. That's, that's their careers. You know, it's, they don't really want to keep going and, you know, it's just like, uh, they're not consistent, but for me, and I've said this many times, if I'm going to do something in life, it's always going to be to the highest level, the fullest degree. I'll never half-ass anything. I want to be the best at something. I'm going to be the best at something because nobody has my persistency level. Nobody has my, my confidence. Nobody has, in my opinion, a lot of people don't have my drive. You know, I'll sleep three, four hours a night, and then I'll be back up, you know, working on whatever I need to do to, to advance and, and, and further my ventures and, and help myself. Because, um, you know, I, I'm a guy that I love, I love, um, opportunity, you know, and I, and I love how, um, you know, the, the, this, this business has, has turned into something, you know, more, it's, it's more, it's more than just a rate. It's more than just radio. It's more than just the show. Like I said, it, it's, this is, these are, these are times like uh, we've never seen. And I'll tell you that, you know, the stuff that we talk about, the different discussions, the headlines, the, um, you know, you, you name it. I mean, we, 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 it, bring, it just, it's crazy. You know, 20 years ago, these kind of things, these events happening now, they, they just weren't, they weren't, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. I mean, you know, and look at, look at how all these, you know, different media outlets and all these different, you know, situations and companies have been created and, and, you know, just transformed and, and, you know, it's just like, wow. Wow. But guys, we got a we got a big big night on the Rory Sodder show. Um, we have a lot of people on the panel at this moment. We have business mogul and speaker coming on Matt Sweetwood. We'll also be having film financier and executive producer Jeff Bell. Uh, we'll be having director at Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership John Eden, as well as famous patenter and inventor guy Guy Laterno, a crime expert Carlo Cab will be calling in, popular commentator Chris Carter. U.S. Congressional Candidate from California, James Bradley, uh, as well as U.S. Congressional Candidate from California, Joe uh, Collins. Um, everybody, I hope you all are staying safe. I hope your you know, day is going productive. I, I hope it's well wherever you are. Um, you know, I, um, yeah, this corona thing is no joke. I mean, I know the numbers are going down. I know we're seeing better results and, and better you know, outcomes in, in a lot of these you know, latest uh, tests, and but it's not over. The fight's not over, and, and we don't know what the future holds. And, you know, there's so many uncertainties. There's so many unanswered questions. There's so many people scared on, their, on what's going to happen next. 
uh, you know, they're, they're just beside themselves. They're, they're really at a point where, you know, I mean, people, people are cooped up in their houses. Think about this. People are losing their businesses. 75% of people are not okay in America. You know, they don't have the luxury of, you know, being self-employed like myself. Like I'm self-employed and I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm comfortable. But a lot of 75, 75% of people, I would say right now in America, are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, and we think about this. And I was just talking about this today. Um, and it's, it really is a mind, a mind blowing um, of what, of how, of how everything is kind of um, went into place with this whole Corona thing. You know, you have all these people that die from the flu every year, all these people that die from cancer every year. All these people that die from HIV or AIDS every year. You know, I took down a study that I saw the other night. But I think everybody really needs to hear this. That you guys really uh, listen. Listen to these. Listen to these numbers real quick. Hold on one second. I'm getting them right now. So last year, global death, abortions, 10 million, communicable disease, 3 million, cancer, 2 million, smoking, a million. Alcohol, 612,000. HIV, AIDS, 411,000. Traffic accident, 330,000. Suicide, 262,000. Malaria, 240,000. Seasonal flu, 118,000. Mother, drugs, childbirth, 75,000. Coronavirus, so far, only like 35,000. So why didn't they shut the economy down? Why didn't they make this all this hysteria and drama and unnecessary, you know, craziness uh, when, when, you know, when we were dealing with all that other stuff? I don't get it, guys. I don't get it. We're living in a weird, weird, weird time. You know, it's ghost towns out there. And it's scary. It really is frightening out there in terms of people wearing masks. And people scared to even shake anybody's hands. I mean, this is what we've come to in society. And I was reading some results today. Death certificates are, you know, they're being doctor, doctored with. So, you know, there's different examples, but I'll give you one. So let's say somebody has pneumonia and they die from that. But they were around somebody that had coronavirus. The death certificate is supposed to say cause of death, coronavirus, even though that person died of pneumonia without ever getting a corona test, but because they were around somebody with it, living in the same house, that's what they're going with. There was a whole interview from a doctor from Minnesota today that's also a, he's a senator in, in Minnesota, and he's discussing how, how can you just by, you know, put on a death, death certificate that that is the cause of death just by being around that individual. I mean, the whole scenario is crazy. The, it, the guy's name is Dr. Jensen. He's a brilliant senator. But this is, this is all part of their plan. These people are crazy. They're ignoring other things. Think about the other things they're ignoring. Think about the flu. Think about, you know, um, all the different allergy seasons that are upon us, the pollen, you know, the little kids getting sick. You know, every year we deal with something else, but there's so much focus on this that other people are going to die from other things and, and what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, you have, to, you have to really put this kind of stuff into perspective. This disease 
pretty much only affects elderly people and and little babies. I mean, you know, um, you you could you could have people with pre-existing conditions, or you know, obviously, unfortunately, that person in their twenties or thirties it suddenly dies from it. But it's very rare. And by the way, they took a poll: eighty-six percent of people that are infected with it that are um, you know have it do not have any symptoms. So think about that. You have only fourteen percent that have the symptoms. That's not, you know, that's, I, I like those odds. That, that, that's not, those aren't bad odds. Um, you, you know, it's it, obviously you don't want any, you don't want any, and you don't want any debt. But the way the Trump administration has handled this, um, nobody else could do a, a more stellar job. I mean, it's perfection. He comes out there for hours every single day. He's the most transparent president we've ever seen. Obama, we saw once a month. And this, you know, this is beautiful right now. It really is beautiful what we're witnessing. And I think we're all coming together. Like I said yesterday on my show, the unity and the, you know, just the, the, de- the dedication and the kind of putting politics aside, especially with a lot of voters. I'm seeing a lot of voters that are lending out hands, neighbors, because we want to beat this. We don't want, you know, we don't want the economy shut down. We don't. And, you know, the, you know, think about – I don't think it's going to be as bad as 2008, but there's a minor recession. I, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, we kind of already are in one. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, there's been 16 million Americans that have lost their jobs. Um, people are, are scared they might have to file bankruptcy. You've got, what, um, like 6 like eight, six or 7% of businesses – closed down permanently. Uh, you have a lot of people that, you know, just when this happened, believe it or not, how sad this is, people couldn't even keep the lights on in some of their buildings at their businesses, and they just had no choice. And people are, some people are homeless because of this. And how are you, you going to get, you know, something out there, obviously? I mean, scare, fear-mongering, scare tactics, are the number one thing that can always get somebody glued to the TV and can get people to listen. Remember that, guys. If you have scare tactics and you have things that are, are going to really wake people up, I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm not going to say a lot, but there's people out there that don't care and aren't scared of anything. But I would say most of America in a situation like this is taking it very seriously. And when you have every single media outlet playing the same thing over and over, over and over, saying how, you know, and they're sending the wrong message, by the way. The, the mainstream media, like I say all the time, 97% controlled by Democrats, 3% by um, Republicans. So we get the very least minimal amount of fairness you could ever even imagine. And when they're saying chloroform, hydrochloric, clean, however you pronounce it, is bad when it's curing people, these are the kind of people we're dealing with. The media is trying to say a drug that is curing several people is is bad for people's health. Why is the media rooting against the president, rooting against humanity, rooting against restoring our values? Well, I can tell you some reasons. Who owns – who gives all this dark money to all these different outlets? Foreign entities, China, 
the, the, you know, I'm not going to say that the Saudis are involved right now, but I'm just saying the most money comes from some, a lot of those foreign entities, and they tell these people what to say. They tell them what to, to you know, to, to put forth on the table. Come on, guys. You know, this is, this, is not, this is not anything new. The media has been controlled for many, many years. That's why we have to be, do very thorough research. And I get so mad when I see assholes on social media just share whatever the fuck they see without checking any of the facts. They don't – and that's – you know what? I don't, I don't want to criticize people because partially I think it's idi- idi- idiot- idiotic and dumb and, and ignorant. But I also think there's people that don't know any better. And a lot of people are, new, you know, like I would say certain elderly people or, or very young people, you know, people that are somewhat new or not familiar or, or as clicky with slow social media as we may be. Uh, but this whole, don't forget, if you want to get something popular, if you want to make money on a huge product, if you want to get it out and make this, you know, just skyrocket, the fear-mongering is one of the – I mean, they're doing it perfectly. It's a one-world agenda. You got, you got this – this was planned. Do you think HIV just accidentally happened? Absolutely not. It was, and then, and then when, when the AIDS – well, I, I'm going to say AIDS. AIDS was not you – know, you know, you know. So AIDS broke out, and then they got all the HIV medicine to treat the patients, and they make a fortune off of it every month pharmaceuticals. There absolutely is a cure, but they don't want to give it out because you know why? Because then how are they going to make all that monthly money off the HIV medicine? If they give the cure for AIDS, then they're, giving, they're basically giving away, all, giving away profit. I mean, you know, but, and then here's another thing. Cancer. Think about all the money they make on cancer um, medicines every single month. Think about it. Every single month, all the money they make on treatment when they absolutely have a ton of cures out there but they're not, you know, they're not going to release them. We live in a, a cynical, selfish society. I love capitalism. I think it's the greatest thing about America. But I think, you know, there's a lot of these big corporations that are probably the most unethical and the most devilish and evil you can get with what they've done to people and their lives, insurance companies, health, and, I mean, you name it, man. You name it, man. I mean, you know what? In the bailouts and the stock buybacks and, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a guy that really, at this point, I mean, and Trump, Trump, you know, Trump's a libertarian. Let's face it. Trump is a libertarian just like Ronald Reagan. Trump's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's a libertarian just like I am, pro-policy. And, you know, he's for freedom. He's for doing what's right. He's not going to go with any, you know, and he's not owned. He doesn't have any special interest, any dark money. Nobody can tell him what to do. Self-funded. You know, and that is something extremely special because that allows you to pursue an agenda and to push something that is, is, is best for us because there's nothing in this for him. He had a billionaire lifestyle that was the greatest thing anybody could ever want. I mean, why? And then, but you know what? He, you know what? He loves this country, and he loves us, and he saw what was happening, and he, wanted to, and he wanted to utilize his talents and bring his intelligence and bring his, you know, um, expertise to, 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 to re, you know, to redo things, revamp, you know, refuel. 
totally restructure the entire process, make, make us come back to the powerhouse we were. And he did. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And he knew he could do it. Otherwise, he would have never even put his hat in the ring. You know, he was, I believe Donald Trump knew someday, you know, he's been saying, you know, I'm sure everybody saw the, art, the articles and the interviews from the 80s where he's talking to Oprah, saying that, yeah, yeah, Oprah, if it got bad enough, I would absolutely run. You know, and, um, yeah, I, it, it, and he, look at, look at this, guys. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment right now. I'll tell you that. It's a beautiful moment with Trump in office because if it was any other leader, if it was any other leader right now, I, I think we have – you couldn't even imagine how many more deaths we would have. It would be ridiculous. And think about the whole corona thing. So, like, diagnosis, we've seen doctors for the longest time, the biggest quacks on earth. The more they give diagnosis, the more they give out medicine, the more they try to convince people that they're crazy and that there's something wrong with them, the more, the more money. There's, there's more money. I mean, it's all about the money. That's, I, I, this whole corona thing has been known about for a long time. Bill Gates is one of the owners of the World Health Organization, and he has back-end deals with this whole virus. He, has, he is one of the guys involved with the patents. I'm not going to say he's the main guy involved, but don't forget what Bill Gates is known for. He's known for vaccinations. He goes to foreign countries where people are vulnerable and can't defend themselves and are poor, and then he tests his products there, and he wants to bring that crap to other countries where, you know, where he can – this is what he wants. He wants to control the entire world, and he wants to – his solution to this whole stupid corona thing is vaccinate everybody. We don't know what are in these vaccinations, and Bill Gates has more – you know, according – whatever, you know, to all the magazines and newspapers. He's the richest guy in the world, but there's people way richer behind the scenes that you never hear about, like the people in the World Bank. People know what I'm talking about, the Rothschilds. It goes on and on. But, you know, somebody like Bill Gates can basically, in a lot of ways, and I don't want to say this. How do I say this? He can own the government without without, – how much influence – look at all the politicians. Look at all the people that are involved with his foundation. It's probably the most popular, richest foundation. Even, it was even – I think it's even way richer than the Clintons ever was, their, their foundation. And they, you know, they claim to do all this philanthropy stuff, which I'm not saying they don't. But don't forget, doing that stuff is kind of a cover-up and kind of a – uh, a front. It's kind of it's it's a way for them to kind of you know make themselves look good while they're behind the scenes doing all this you know corrupt corrupt things. Think about this. This guy he's he's weird. He's been to Jeffrey Epstein's island, and that was confirmed. That is not fake news, by the way. Anybody go look that up. Uh, he's been an investor with Jeffrey Epstein. They're in several photos together. And I know Trump was in a photo with Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, I, I know people are going to try and message me on social media later. I, we have a lot of haters that listen to the show, a lot of trolls. I get it. We, get, we know Trump, you know, but Trump knew Epstein for about two seconds. Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, all these people like Jeff Bezos actually invested with Epstein and had a, a bond with Epstein. But I don't want to get too off topic with Epstein. 
but with these vaccinations and with how Bill Gates wants, and, and Bill Gates is not a doctor. He's not a freaking, he doesn't know what to, you know, this is, this is, it's, it's sketchy. It's very, very sketchy right now. It is extremely sketchy. I mean, Dr. Fauci on the board, Dr. Gert, whatever, whatever her name is, on the board, you know, with, with, with the vaccinations, with Bill Gates, and, with, and they're, they're working with Trump. How does this add up? This is the most, and Trump needs to, you know, there's been so many people that have, have, have had to have given the boot from the White House because they were doing shady shit. People like Dr. Fauci, people like, um, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know her name. Somebody remind me of her name when I get somebody on the panel. The woman that's involved um, up there every single day at the press conferences. I think it's Gurk or something. I don't know. But how, how are these people on the inside? And you know they're giving, uh, they're the messengers for people like the elites, like Gates and all these high up. And, I, and I'm seeing you know, how Bill Gates said years ago in a speech, about four years ago, you can go look this up, he said that he predicted this, basically. He knew this was going to happen, and he's defending. Here's what's even more pathetic, and I'm not going to make this whole – I don't want to make this all about Bill Gates because it's not about Bill Gates. I mean, it kind of is, but that's not the entirety of the situation, but he has a lot to do with it. But China and him, I mean, they're, he's backing China more than the U.S. in terms of how they've dealt with coronavirus. Really? You know, I, I just saw Wuhan the other day, yeah, last night, celebrating, opening back up the economy, what, after 70 days or something? And you, they don't give us any sort of sorrow, any, they don't give any apologies for killing what? I don't know what the death rate is now, but, you know, and they have had so many people that they did, do not, did not do proper tests on, and they just keep testing positive consistently for it, the same people. And apparently certain reports say they stopped testing certain cases in February. They just stopped. So how can you all of a sudden now in April, after not testing people for a few months, say that you guys are, are you know, it's over? There's absolutely no way. China is keeping it out there. And don't forget what researchers said. 95% of the, the virus could have been contained. It could have been contained. There is no doubt about it. You know, and, and um, it's one of those things where we have an, an invisible enemy, like Trump said. You had, think about the timing. This was all planned. You know, they, they, they tried every single antic, Everything out of their strategy playbook, whatever they do, whatever they, however they, you know, uh, whatever. But it doesn't work. Ukraine, Mueller, Russia, Russia. You know, they tried to go after him for racism, which is that's all they race based. That's what the Democrats do. Uh, they tried to impeach him for his tweets. They tried to impeach him. I mean, what else did they try to impeach him for? I'm sure other people on the line will tell me once I get to people, which I will shortly. But Guys, it's like this – we had the best economy. We had everything going, lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, and then all of a sudden highest stock market, and China 
got beat by Trump and Trey, and they've never been defeated by any leader because they've always ripped us off and always been more advanced and ahead of us, and they couldn't take that. So they had to find some way. And, don't, and just remember, all these Democrat politicians, and I'm not going to say Republicans don't either because there's a lot of rhino, crooked rhinos that aren't for us. That's why I'm, I'm a libertarian, and I'm pretty much, you know, I agree with Trump on 95, 98% of things he does, but, you know, I'm still gonna, not going to label myself in the Republican Party at this point. There's too many rhinos. There's too many assholes with foreign uh, ties, and I really think there's a lot of insider anti-Trumpers, Republicans, and obviously pretty much all the Democrats that are, are behind this. George Soros, uh, I even think Bill Gates, because uh, Bill Gates wanted this more than ever. And what better time than when you know when everything's going well, disrupt, you know, sit back in your little your little mansion, and uh, you know collect collect the profit. It's sick. This is a sick freaking time. And you know what? President Trump the other day, he suspended at this point all payments to the World Health Organization. And I said earlier in the show. 16%, I think, is owned by Bill Gates of the World Health Organization. He owns about 16%. So, I mean, and the World Health Organization sided with China. They blamed the U.S. They said it was our problem. When it's coming from your freaking lab, your freaking people, and you're going to say it's our problem, and you could have contained it 95%, according to researchers, and you guys knew ahead of time, and you guys didn't do a damn thing. And guess how much the U.S. has spent last year on the World Health Organization? $452 million. Guess how much China spent on the World Health Organization? $42 million. Oh, wow. U.S., $452 million. China, $42 million. Look, how, look at the difference. What, China pays much less. And they get favored. Usually, that's not how it works in life. There's way more to this. There's way more to this than than people think. Usually, the person with the more money gets the more power. But in this situation, who who? I want to know the last admin. I want to know these last administrations what kind of deals they were making with China. These back end deals, and then they try to tell the people, oh, these are so these are so good for us. But you know what? No, it's not. It's only good for you when you're filling your damn pockets. These corrupt politicians, man. We need more outsiders. It's ridiculous. Um, okay, so, so here, here, here's something absolutely insane about this whole corona thing. It, it just rose literally by 12% in one day in Mexico. So now Mexico is seeing a lot of it. So now we kind of, you know, have experienced it for a while. We've been there. We've done that. Uh, but they're getting they're getting the big the big uh, the big claw right now. They're, this is the the big daddy. I mean, if it's going up 12% in one day, and the other day New York hospitals were just were down 75%. Yeah, I mean Mexico. Uh, you know, we, we haven't heard much about Mexico uh, recently, but now now we know. Um, you know, Newsom. I saw Newsom on the TV today. It drives me nuts. This guy's an absolute. I don't know what he's on. I think he's on cocaine or something. He's just like, uh, just a, always looks high. Always looks like, and he's always deshuffled. Like he, and he's always just so pompous and so, 
there's nothing really sincere about him. He's not genuine. He doesn't give a shit about his people. Uh, but he wants to give stimulus checks to illegal aliens. You're driving the middle class out of California, and you want and they, California Americans, citizens that did it the right way, can't even feed their families, but you want to give people that just come across the border stimulus checks. He's, and he's not referring to people that do it the right way that wait in line to become citizens. He's referring to people that are in the country illegally. Not cool. Not cool. You know, and this is all an agenda. It's all part of politics. They used uh, illegals as political pawns to advance their agenda. It's what it's been from day one. And, um, you know, they, 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 and they don't stop. And, they, and the media, you know, they're, they're the biggest enemy of the people, like Trump says. What they do and what they show and, and what they edit CNN, and now CNN, and I love this, Mike Pence uh, has now banned CNN, uh, anybody from the Coronavirus Task Force, from doing anything with CNN broadcasting. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, so unless CNN is fair and they broadcast the full briefing, Mike Pence says nobody, they're not allowed. They don't don't have the, the privilege. Sorry. Um, something I talked about yesterday on my show, and, and by the way, we're, we're almost getting to the panel here, and we've got a lot of guests coming on tonight, big show. Uh, Judicial Watch, now I was talking about voter fraud yesterday on the show, uh, but Judicial Watch just came out with an article and, and a whole um, um, lawsuit. They're suing North Carolina for one million inactive voters on voting rolls. So the Democrats, their whole scheme here. We all know with the corona thing, even though we're supposed to be back up and going within a month or so, and they want to say mail-in ballots, all that stuff, but election day is in November. You're nine months away. Do you think the average American, the the, the everyday worker is going to stand for sitting in their homes for nine months? And and does anybody actually think that's logical or, or it's never going to happen? This will be over in 30 to 60 days. But the Democrats always have a fixation. They always have an obsession. They're always on to something new. Whatever they can do to further advance their radical, and it's not even moderates anymore. There's no middle ground. It's either you're a communist or you're a moderate, but you're not voting for a Democrat. You'll vote for Trump. You may not agree with everything he does, but, you know, it's better than, better than communism. You know, it really is no excuse. Think about this. Coronavirus is no excuse for opening the door to election fraud. It, it isn't. Mail-in ballots, think about how, how much those can be doctored. I mean, think about all the ways of voter fraud. You got dead people voting. You got just the thing I just said in North Carolina, inactive voters, felons, illegals. And now this is the other thing they want to add. Let's mail-in ballots so we can control them and play with them. And, you know, and don't forget about all the ballots that have suddenly turned up in these last couple elections, especially places like Orange County in California, which was all Republican, and then they counted them, and then it went, went Democrat. I mean, there's, there's so much suspicious activity going on all the time in these elections, and the only way Trump loses 2020 is if the Democrats get their way with voter fraud. Because Nancy Pelosi said phase four coming up in a couple weeks or whenever they're going to do it. She wants to put mandatory mail-in ballots. I mean, it's understandable if you're disabled or, you know, 
there's certain things. But, you know, well, mail-in ballots are different. The, the whole absentee ballot thing, that's, that's a whole different ball game. They, the Democrats want to, spe, you know, make this a whole special term and put it in its own little box uh, when they say mail-in ballots. Absentee ballots have been going on for a while. That, that, you know, that's, that's, that's something different. But these, these people want to have the control. They, and, and don't forget, I believe, and I, I think this is very true, otherwise these people wouldn't keep getting into power. I think a lot of these places are gerrymandering, and I think there's a lot. There's a, and I have a lot of congressional and candidates coming on the, the program tonight, and they'll talk about it too. I mean, there, there's so many things that the Democrats are, are not, um, um, you know, honest about. I mean, they don't, they don't know how to win an honest election. No person with a sane brain and cares about American values and signature morals and what Western civilization was founded upon is going to vote for that party where they at, are at right now. It's not the JFK days. It's not the Bill Clinton days. It's not the Joe Liebermans. The moderate is gone. I mean, it's a, it's a weird, weird time. And look at Bernie. Bernie just spent $160 million on a failed presidential campaign. $160 million. How does that happen? And now you've got some of his supporters that are asking for their money back. <laughs> That's how cheap they are. That's how entitled, entitled they are. You know, they're, they're Indian givers. They want everything handed to them. But $160 million on some of the most ludicrous ideology you could ever even think of. Green New Deal. Medicare for all. Um, what? Health care for illegal aliens. I mean, you, you name it. It, it. it doesn't end. Open borders. It's 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 madness, and all that money. You know, it's funny because I think we need to talk about what politicians do with all that money once it's gone. Because there are ways, there are loopholes that they can put these in different accounts, give it to friends, put them in different. You know, there's ways. There's ways to sneak this money around, and they get away with it a lot of times. And they just, you know, they live the rest of their life and they're rich as hell, and they didn't do a damn thing for we the people. And, 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 you know, Biden, uh, half of Bernie supporters have, have even said they're not going to come out and run and vote for Joe Biden. They're not gonna come, there's no appeal. There's no the, – nothing there is where, – where, like, how is it enthusiastic or, or exciting to go out and vote for a guy that can't even count to four, doesn't even know what state he's in? I can't remember one sentence that he's supposed to remember. And then he said the other day, which was funny, he wants to have a virtual DNC conference where he just has to be on screen. He doesn't have to be there. Oh, I wonder why. Because he couldn't even make it up the goddamn stage. He wouldn't even be able to make it up the stage. I mean, can you imagine him and Trump in a debate? Well, uh, so, so, hey, Joe, Joe, spit it out, Joe. Spit it out, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on. Oh, well, uh, uh. I mean, that's, that's how it's going to be. It's going to be like an Alzheimer's patient facing a billionaire, real businessman. That's what it's going to be like. I mean, it's sad. I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of Joe Biden, but, I mean, why do you think Barack Obama has not came out and endorsed him? There's a lot there. There is something that is known that we need to figure out. Because that's his buddy. That's his pal. 
side by side. What's going on? Where's Barack Hussein? Where is he? Where's white mama Obama? Where is he? Come on, man. Where you at? Come out and endorse your buddy, Sleepy Joe. I mean, it, it, there's, and even President Trump says, sure is odd. Sure is odd. Bernie's out now. I mean, there's nobody left. What are you waiting for, Obama? Where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? Uh, Things are about to go down. You know that. Things are about to go down, guys. I think everybody knows that, you know, the the indictments are coming. This is not going to, you know, this this is not going to fly. It isn't. I mean, Biden is a terrible, probably the weakest candidate anyone has ever seen run. I mean, he may be as bad as some of the, I mean, you remember McGovern, remember Mondale? <laughs> he may, and Jimmy Carter, I mean, Jimmy Carter was actually elected, but I'm talking like the ones that just got annihilated. Interesting times, guys. Um, and, and here's something that, you know, the voter fraud stuff, just going back into this, I didn't read some of these headlines that were very important. But once in New Mexico, there's one point, there's over, there's over 1,000 dead people that are on the voter roll that could get mail-in ballots. That's what the Democrats want. This is, this is – think about that, a mail-in ballot with dead people. And dead people have voted so many times in these past elections. There's been so many different articles. You know, and, and look what the Democrats did today. Look at what they did today. They blocked a proposal for an extra $250 billion with a B in small business aid to help our businesses that are suffering. Pure politics, pure partisan bullshit. They don't give a damn about us. They don't care. They're one-track-minded. It's either they get the win for themselves, and then we can get lost. It's pretty much how it is. You know, they, they, these people are... Um, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's sad. It really is sad. Just think about what that would have done. Um, you know, th- th- there's, no, there's no reasoning with these people. They'll never be satisfied. It'll never be enough. They always want more. It's like a drug addict with crack. He always wants a little more, a little more, a little more. And that's pretty much what it is. I've never done crack, but I'm just giving an example. You know, and Trump could cure cancer, and it, they wouldn't, it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even phase them. It's really how it is. That's what it's come to. Absolutely insane. Um, let's see here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, AG Barr um, really um, doing a lot of good things, um, really helping out in this, in this big situation. Um, we have a lot of, uh, in crisis right now. We have a lot of people that are scared. They don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and the and the and the fact that the fact that people, you know, think that this is the apocalypse, um, you have actually people crying and thinking that this is the end of the world. I mean, this is how much the media has gotten in people's heads. These are the fabrications we're dealing with, and they're trying to poison. Think about how much poison is in the food. Think about how much stuff is in the air. Think about how much stuff, you know, 
pollution. I mean, you name it. I mean, all the bad stuff. I mean, the, like I mentioned earlier, all the people that die every year from all this other stuff, you don't hear them talking about it. There's, there's something behind this. There's so many people obviously involved with this corona outbreak and a ton of money involved, and um, they're lying to us. They, they really are. There's no doubt about it. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe we have criminal expert with us, uh, Carlo Cab. Carlo, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Rory? Uh, doing very well, my friend. Welcome. I love your show so far, man. You're hitting the nail right on the head in so many ways. Thank you, man. Thank you. And to tell everybody, obviously you haven't been on the show for a while, but tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a uh, police officer for 25 years, ended up uh, retiring as a detective. Uh, I investigated every type of crime under the sun, from homicide to stolen bicycles. Uh, after that, I retired and I did PI work and executive protection. And one of my clients was Mitt Romney when he ran for president uh, back in 2012. Uh, he, yeah, he, he was good to me. I got to say that. But, uh, uh, you know, not a big fan. But, um, uh, you know, it still takes somebody of a higher caliber to get to drive a presidential candidate. So um, I, I was right up the alley for that job. Yeah, and well, amazing. I, uh, I drove I drove a lot of CEOs. I was involved in a lot of uh, investigations uh, for clients up in the Boston area. I had a 95% uh, uh, confession rate of people that we interrogated that stole from their employers. And and boy, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And right now, yeah. I'm writing books. I'm working on my third novel. My first one is Showdown in Beantown, and the second one, it's a sequel, is called The Rise of Chloe. And the third one that's in the works, almost finished, is The Long Ride to Perdition, kind of a biker-type book and, uh, you know, hard-ass, uh, badass type of guy in it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so, so what, what are your thoughts on everything going on? I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. You know, my wife and my lovely publicist, uh, we debate a lot of things every day. She likes to play devil's advocate. But I think Trump is 100% on with what he's doing about this virus. I feel Fauci and that other doctor have sold out to the uh, hardcore what's left. What's name? Is it Gert? I'm trying to figure out her name. I can't remember. I, I don't want I, – I keep – you know, I'm not good with names sometimes. Uh, her name is Cynthia. No, her last and, name, though. And, is it Dr. Girk or something? No, Dr. Fauci. No, I know Fauci, but the, what's the woman? I think the, what's the woman's last name? Um, I can't remember her last name. It's like four letters or something. So, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, Dr. I think, Brick. Uh, Dr. Brick. Dr. Brick. Yeah, okay. Then I found it. It's there Brick. you go. There you go. But, uh, you know, this, this whole extreme left wing, uh, I, I think they are the baddest criminal conspiracy that the United States have ever seen. They have outshone the mafia, the Italian mafia. They have outshone the Albanian mafia. 
These people are as corrupt as deep as you can go, and they all need to go. Trump needs to lock all these people up. He does. He absolutely does. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, we're living in a um, a very interesting time. It's a, uh, you know, I've never seen anything like it in my 29 years. You know, this is well, a... You, uh, you, you have politicians ahead. that can barely speak when they're being interviewed. You have right. other politicians that, that look like a bobblehead doll. And I won't mention Chuck Schumer's name. And and Nancy, my God, I mean, if she didn't have a drink in her hand, you know, you think she was going to fall off her chair. Uh, I I mean, these people are just, they're the worst of the worst. And, you know, you can add in the rest, Maxine Waters and the rest of them. I, I mean, you wonder why California is in such a bad state. Well, just look at who's representing these people. And they live in their ivory palaces up on the hill, surrounded by gates, have private airplanes, and have billions of dollars at their uh, beck and call, and they have gates around their properties. And, you know, even that fake uh, Mexican Beto O'Rourke, I mean, he lives in a, a, a gated home. So yeah. it, I, I, guess you can, I guess you can tell I don't care for the liberals very much. Oh, I can't stand them. I mean, they're the biggest hypocrites on the face of the earth. It goes as they, they live by the saying, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, it just bothers me, you know. And, and, and it really, the, the day, and I've said this on my show many times, um, Carlo, and I think, I, I think it's actually coming, coming to light even more and more every day now, now with what we're seeing and, and, and what's being revealed. But I don't think politicians are much longer. I think Trump has opened the door for all these different outsiders to create this special movement and trend uh, that are actually going to restore what this country was founded upon with working for we the people. You know what I mean? People that are not exactly aren't making it. Nobody's career should be, I'm going to just go, go to go be a politician for the rest of my life and feed my own bank account. No, there should be term limits, just like a president, just like a governor, I'm tired of senators and House people in the House not having term limits. Why is that? Why can they live exactly? Exactly, and 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 their gold-plated health insurance programs, their retirement. Who works four years or six years or two years or whatever it is and gets full pay when they retire? Nobody does. I wish I got that, uh, you know, from being a cop. It, It just doesn't happen. These people all need to be reined in. Their salaries need to be cut, and uh, their health care programs should be taken away from them, and they should have to pay for them just like you and I do. And they make me want to puke. Uh, they're, they're just disgusting. And, and that goes for the Republicans, too. They're all in it together. And, you know, some of these rhino Republicans, I wish they'd grow a pair of freaking balls and stand up to Pelosi and Schumer, little Chucky, and and a few of these other people because you know they're just as bad as them. They let all this stuff pass in this um, uh, this recent bill to stimulate the economy. Who gives a shit whether the Kennedy Center gets funding? 
That has nothing to do with the shutdown and everything he's talking about. Right. And look at all the shit. Look at all the shit they tried to slide into the to the uh, the bill. I mean, all their all their own special interests, all their agenda, stuff that had nothing to do with helping families or helping in the crisis. I mean, just the most ignorance you could ever even ask for. I mean, these people are freaking. They live in a twilight zone. These people are the devil. They're Satan's children. I agree with you a hundred percent. All of them. Uh, Bill Gates, I mean, he, he's another one that's out there with all of them. He wants us all chipped. My I hate God, that weasel. If, God, I hate that if, weasel. He's so fake. He's so fake. Oh, he, uh, he's very for real innocent. about this stuff, but you're right. Like he, he, he's wrong. a phony ass. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and here's the thing, Carlo. Carlo, he try, he's trying to say he, the answer is vaccinating everybody. I'm not getting a damn thing in my arm from the government or from his freaking. He's as evil, and this guy goes to foreign countries. He d- tests his product. I talked about it earlier in my show. He's been doing this forever. He's not even a damn doctor. He's a, a, he's a creep. Uh, he's brilliant with technology, but he's taken his technology and his richest man in the world status way too freaking far. He owns the government. But the left, the left needs him as far as I'm for, for their, their, their one world government, their one world monetary system. And, you know, people sometimes, if they're listening on this and think we're crazy, it, it's not crazy. It's coming. We see all the signs there uh, that the last days are coming upon us. And, and getting a chip is the last thing you should do. I don't take any vaccination from anyone. I've never had a flu shot. I've never had the flu. Let that be a warning to your listeners that this coronavirus, it, if they got the chloroquine or whatever it's called, uh, you know, drink a gallon of Clorox or something, uh, it will kill it. Uh, it's been proven over and over, and the fake news media has been saying over and over again, oh, no, oh, no, we can't release that. We can't release those drugs. We, we got to go with this vaccine. That's what they want. If the left agrees with it, you know it's a bad deal. Amen. Amen. No, it's true. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, Carlos, stay with us, though, uh, but tell everybody where they can find your book. They can find my book at Barnes & Noble. They can find it at Amazon.com. Uh, and uh, you can find it at Lulu.com. That's a um, uh, print uh, by request. Uh, my my uh, email is Carlo at CavazutiCrime.com. Facebook is CavazutiCrime. Twitter is uh, Cavazuti. And my uh, webpage is CavazutiCrime.com. I, I really uh, ask you to take a look at it and see what's out there. I keep changing it up every time we uh, add something new to the uh, website. I have a great, great uh, website lady. She's ex-FBI, and, and she, uh, you know, hit a home run when she made my website. Uh, Ray Monet is her name. So uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, well, thank you. And, um, you know, you know, you, you, you used to, um, really confront people like crazy. I mean, you were in charge of, you know, getting criminals into a room, 
getting to the bottom of the story. I mean, you, you, you t- tell everybody about that. How, how would you deal uh, with some well, of these people? You, you know, how, my, quick, my quickest interrogation lasted three and a half minutes, and I had a lady confess to stealing $92,000 from her boss. Yeah. My longest right. was four and a half hours. And I wow. just kept chipping away at this guy, and, and I turned over one thing after another. And, uh, you know, let me tell you, it, it, people did not like me to see me walk into a business because they knew somebody was going to lose their job that day. Uh, they hated sitting across from me uh, being interrogated because I could tell from the micro-expressions, maybe the wrinkles on their forehead, the way they moved their eyes, the way they moved their hands, their feet, anything, just the way they sat, and I'd keep coming back and nailing them and nailing them. I even would hit people up with cultural difference, say like Asians. You know, honor's a big thing with Asians and Italians and that. And I'd hit them up with this honor thing. I said, how honorable do you think your family would think you are if, if you didn't own up to what you did? And I said, do you really want to go to jail? You know, and I'd get them to tell me the truth. I says, look, I said, I already talked to the police. They're just waiting for me to come down there with the information to have you walked out of here in a perp walk in front of all your coworkers. And you know, people usually turned over pretty quick. And like I said, 95% confession rate. Uh, right. You know, I had people that stole thousands of dollars out of a walk-in cooler in a hotel of meat. Yeah. Meat. I mean, chicken, uh, racks of lamb, everything. And, and they confessed. And, you know, they got the perp walk right through the hotel, and everybody saw it. Uh, it you know, when you're, like you said earlier in the show, when you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And I love right. every second of what I did. Uh, you, you know, I had some fantastic clients when I was at, doing personal protection, uh, you know, CEOs of businesses. Uh, one CEO gave me four box seats to a Yankees Red Sox game because he was busy that night uh, doing something else with his wife. I, I mean, you know, that's like $600 in tickets. And right. uh, I'm, I'm not a big baseball fan, but, you know, so I made a couple phone calls, and I used those four seats. It, it, was a good, it was a good time. I sat right behind the Yankees' dugout. And, you know, being from New York and growing up in Buffalo, New York, uh, you know, the Yankees were always my team. Everybody, I'm dating myself here, everybody wanted to be Roger Maris or Mickey Mantle. Uh, you know, that's just the way it was. You know, Yogi Berra, the greatest, probably one of the greatest catchers in history, and later went on to be the manager of the Yankees. So uh, it, I've met some very, very interesting people. I, I've had people thought I was a mafia hitman when I came to collect <laughs> bills from them. I, you know, I never told them I was I love a mafia hitman. It was just my persona and I'm a big guy. And, you know, back then when I was doing that, I was like 280 pounds and I was jacked. I was in the gym every day pushing the weight. And, you know, and when I pulled up in a, a, a black tracksuit and uh, a little fedora hat and I pulled up in a white Lincoln Town car, they knew they had some problems on their hands that they better be pretty honest with me with. You know, I never said anything. You know, if their major nations ran wild, well, good for them. It made my job all the easier. 
and it helped me writing my stories. And some Absolutely. of the stuff in my books may or may not be true, and I can't tell you what may or may not be true. Just let your imagination run wild when you read the books. That's all I got to say. You know, and I'm having a nice cocktail right now while I'm talking to you, and, you know, uh, you know, just sit here love and join it. your show. I love it, man. Well, stay with us. Got a lot more to get into. Glad you could join us tonight. Well, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to being on with you again, Rory. Absolutely, yeah. Stay with us. We'll get. We'll. I'll get back to you later tonight for sure. We still got. Still got a lot more left in the show. So. Awesome. You have a good night. You too. Um, I want to welcome the show, and I, and I promise I'm getting to everybody. I swear to God. Um, we phone lines are really packed right now, but I want to get to business mogul and speaker Matt Sweetwood. Very popular guy. Uh, done a lot in his life. I'm very happy to have him on the show, Matt. Welcome. Rory, so good to be here. How are you? I'm doing very well, Matt. Um, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you and I uh, connected on, on social media. Uh, I've read your resume, uh, your, your background, and you've lived quite the life, man. Now, your first time on, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, just sort of I'll go back, I'll go forwards, backwards. You know, so this, I've done lots of stuff. I've been on Fox News. I was their uh, photography expert for a while. Um, you know, I've just done lots of media appearances. I speak on business. This is the first show in my long life that I've done that's not a business-related show. So this is my virgin oh, wow. show. So you're gonna be, you're going to be gentle with me tonight, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is your first political show. Yeah, exactly. It's not that I don't have a lot to say. It's just that when you're in the business world, like I have been for a long time, it's sometimes very difficult to, to step into business areas because people, you know, particularly in today's environment, if you're on one side, one particular side, namely you're conservative, you know, people get very aggressive with you. So sometimes you have to be uh, a little bit careful. But I'm in a position now and run a company called Lux Now. Um, you know, all of the principles in the company and we're operating in an area where I, I just feel like it's time in my life to really say what's on my mind. You know, I think I have a lot to say. So that's really where I am. Let me back my story. So I'm a New York, New Jersey guy, spent almost my whole life there, raised five kids uh, in that area, ran a business for 30 years, exited that business, moved to Miami, which is where I'm speaking to you from now, and running uh, another business today. Wrote a best-selling book called Leader of the Pack, How a Single Dad of Five Led His Business, Himself, and His Kids from Disaster to Success. Uh, and uh, I've had a really amazing run in life. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Man, what, what a story. What a story. So, so how, how, did you, how did this all start? How, tell, tell us the, you know, like the back story. Um, so for me, I, I was um, a shy little kid. I always love when I'm beginning a, <laughs> talking about my childhood. Um, so, you know, I was a shy kid. And, you know, and this is the lesson that I, I tell to everybody. I've told to my kids. And, you know, I've coached other men through very difficult times in their lives, and women too, is that when you pick the wrong person in your life, it is the biggest mistake you can make. There is no business mistake you can make that's as large as picking the wrong partner. 
Um, I did that. I had five children with a woman who turned out to be, uh, let's just say, very disturbed. She ended up abandoning me and the children while I was running this crazy business in the electronics field. It was an electronics business, actually, in the photography business. While I was growing that business from a million-dollar business to a hundred-million-dollar business, she left me with the kids. I had a crazy divorce, uh, one of the longest divorces in the history of New Jersey. Um, I ended up with a case, actually a Second Amendment case, which went to the Supreme Court. Um, I won that case, actually. Uh, it was sort of a secondary case. We can talk about that if that's of interest. Um, and then eventually I sort of figured my way through, grew my business, raised my kids into uh, successful adults. In fact, I was on Zoom today with all five of my adult children and some of their significant others. So we had a really wonderful evening tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've spent my life in business and really making it and helping people. I'm very proud of my book, Leader of the Pack. It's helped a lot of people. If you go out, you can see it on Amazon. I've got a hundred and whatever, 30 five-star reviews. I get people telling me it's changed their lives. I'm able to share the difficulties and the, the journey that I went through and help people. So, you know, I, I'm really a happy guy right now. I love that, man. I love that. So tell us about this Second Amendment thing. Oh, you see, I figured that would uh, <laughs> I figured that would tease you a little bit. So I'm going to tell you that this is the first time I've told this story in public. I don't really talk about this kind of thing because obviously hey, well, if it's you're a not sensitive com- if you're topic. Not comfortable, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have you talk about anything that you know bring up. I am perfectly comfortable. I am perfectly okay. comfortable about it because it's extremely relevant to what's going on today. So I was okay. in a situation where my ex-wife, at that time my wife, falsely yeah. accused me of domestic violence. Yeah. We ended up going to court. The charges were dismissed. In other words, she ended up dropping the charges because they were completely false. Bogus. As a yeah. resu- and I'm going to go into it's a little bit of a technical discussion, but I'll go through it really fast. As a result right. of that interaction, we had joint restraining orders issued against each other. The restraining order against me said I couldn't go visit her in her apartment. She had moved out of the house with me and the children that I couldn't visit yeah. her. But more importantly, the restraining order on her prevented her from coming back into her home and seeing her kids unsupervised because she was a little bit erratic to say the least at that time. And I was happy to get the protection so that she couldn't come in and harass me and the children. And I was taking care of children 18 months to eight years old at that yeah. time. Uh, and I believe it's still the law today that if you have a restraining order on you, you can't, you're not allowed to own firearms. You actually are not allowed. So we had made, my attorney made an agreement with the prosecutor in New Jersey uh, that I would be able to just sell my guns to a gun shop. I sold them for $1. And that allowed me to keep, you know, because guns are worth a lot of money. I didn't want to have to lose them. I, I sold them for $1. And we eventually went through this divorce. It took four years and two times the appellate crazy situation. And, and what happened was when I went to get my guns back, the state said, we're not giving you back your guns. And I said, why aren't you giving them back to me? They said, well, we passed a new, a new addendum to the gun law that says that if your guns have been taken away from you and you don't get them back, you lose them forever. To make a long story short, I went to court. I ended up having to fight them in court. 
the government, when they cite you, people have to realize they spend unlimited resources. They actually try to drain you monetarily. They try to wear you down physically. They try to threaten you. We went to family court. Family court kicked the case. We went to criminal court. Criminal court kicked the case. We went to finally went to civil court where I won a judgment against them, and the judge ordered the weapons and my ID card and everything returned to me. Peeled it. And they won in the appellate court because they just, I can't, it's, this is New Jersey. And New Jersey, the appellate court is a very dirty court. It was a very political situation. And they ruled against me. And I appealed it to the state, to the Supreme Court. And, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't hear very many cases. But it ended up in the Supreme Court. I won a seven to nothing judgment in the Supreme Court. They ordered them to hand me back my weapons. They delayed another year. I fought them a little bit more, and eventually I won in the end. But it cost me $100,000 of my own money, lots of humiliation. I was cast as, you know, a gunmonger by my kids, the parents of the, my kids' friends and all sorts of stuff. It's a whole long story. But when, the story is when the government wants to take your rights away and they feel they can use you as a test case, they spend any amount of money to do it, and you better be ready to fight. I mean, look, yeah, look at what we're dealing with right now with corona. I mean, they want to close gun stores. They want to take away. They want to push gun control when people are most vulnerable in a, in a, in a disaster yeah. like this. It's, it's scary. I mean, it's scary times, you know, uh, and we all know what, what gun control does. It leaves the good guy defenseless because criminals don't follow laws. Uh, they've got the illegal, illegal, millions of illegal guns on the streets that are never going to be taken look. away. All, look, you're, what, you're making a very crazy. simple – you're making – look, I came from New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. only criminals are allowed to possess guns. But you see, the, yeah. the, the, this is the mistake that I think a lot of people make in these sort of discussions, is that you're making a logical argument, right? The logical argument says that law-abiding citizens are law-abiding, and they're unlikely – and actually the statistics back that up in a big way – they're unlikely – to commit crimes with the weapons. It's criminals who have the guns already illegally who are committing crimes. That's a very logical statement. But in today's world, the truth, logic, and what's right really has nothing to do with anything. People just want their way, and they're willing to use any means in order to get that. If you, you look at what's going on today, right, with the COVID-19 problem, you have this yeah. hydroxychloroquine, right? It right. obviously has some positive effect, but people are yeah. willing to let others die to win right. their political point to make yeah, Trump exactly. look bad. And the media, so, look at the media, look at the media trying to treat the, the, the medicine like it's some sort of evil fucking thing. And excuse my French, but the media and the Democrats, they don't, they don't want to do the right thing. It's terrible how it's so controlled. And you know, there's people higher up telling them what they have to say, what they have to do, and they have to resist at all possible costs. Well, look, this is once again, you know, I used to think that, that the left really felt like they had the higher moral ground. And you know that when you believe you're the moral one, you have a right to sort of do anything you want to the immoral one. That used to be the justification. So in other words, we're the ones who are helping people. We care about the poor. We care about minorities. We care about women. We care about all this. And you don't, so therefore we can kill you. 
And but that, I don't believe that that's the argument anymore. I believe that they just want what they want, and they just don't really care. I think the reverse is true. I actually think they take immoral positions just somehow to get what they want. But to me, there's a bigger thing at play. I believe that the mainstream media has taken such an extreme position in unison, like lockstep, for the longest time that people are brainwashed. I'm guessing that you found me through my Facebook post, and I made a few Facebook posts about Trump delusion syndrome and how people yeah. are just completely brainwashed over it. They just view President Trump through this prism where everything he does is either stupid, crazy, narcissistic, or for his own financial gain. It doesn't matter what he does. They have been brainwashed to view it through this prism so that no reason will change their mind. And I try to illustrate that, which I think I did effectively on Facebook posts. And I'm not talking about stupid people. I'm talking about people that I know from business, that I've done business with, that are highly intelligent people that are brainwashed. I always use the analogy right. that this is how Nazi Germany happened. You convince right. enough people, you brainwash enough people that Jews are not human beings, and therefore it's okay to kill them. That's how you make. That's how you create this mass delusion. It's just. It's a terrible circumstance, and I don't understand. I don't even know how to get our way out of it. And yet, and no, I agree. I agree with you. And, and you know, I, I'm looking at your resume, and you know, you you won awards for many different things. You. Um, you're, you speak all over the world. Uh, you're a life coach. Tell us all about that stuff. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll talk about myself. So I usually speak on business. I speak on success. I think my most um, interesting thing that I speak about, and this relates to my book, it comes right out of my book, is I really talk yeah. about how finding success is really something you can draw on within yourself, how you overcome right. obstacles in your life, how you find spirituality, how you sort of dig deep within if you want something badly enough and you can find your way. I mean, that's what my book is about. It's what my talk's about. It's when I coach people. It's what I, what I help them through. And so for me, you know, I view this crazy story because, you know, in, in a short interview, it's hard for me to explain the journey that I went on to, but you can imagine, you know, ending up with five little children who are wounded, having to raise them, having to figure your own way, overcome your own fears, overcome a, a system, a legal system and a societal system that's against single fathers and run a business that is challenged on every level. It was an electronics business. You can imagine the kind of technology and internet changes and everything that went on there, how you overcome that. And so for me, all of this stuff has grown me into a bigger person, and I get a lot of pleasure out of sharing it with people and helping people through. I'm not the kind of life coach that uses a sort of one of these methods that went to school. I use real life experience things that I've experienced and I try to share them with people. And, you know, I've gained an ability, I think, in my life to read people and understand what makes them tick and understand how to help them further themselves. And I've done that. You know, obviously I'm running a business. Like I said, I run this company, Lux Now. It's a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for luxury rentals. Very excited about that business. But, you know, I do this on the side. And I, I love coming on shows like this. You know, a lot of times I'll come on a show like this and people will hear me or see me and they connect with me and they go, can you help me? And I get a lot of pleasure out of doing that. You know, for me, that's really a give back because despite everything I've been through in my life, I consider myself a very blessed person. I have wonderful woman in my life now. I have, um, you know, just amazing children that are super successful. You know, I have a great life. I'm living in Miami. I'm an American. 
you know, I'm healthy. We, it's just so many good things in my life. And, you know, that kind of thing, the book writing, the article writing, coming on, you know, media like this and coaching people and consulting people is really the give back for me. Amen. Amen. I love it. Amen. And, you know, you know, I love, I love your, I love your patriotism and I love everything, you know, you stand for and, you know, tell tell everybody kind of, kind of about your, I know you do consulting as well. You consult with multiple big businesses and you, you do. Yeah. I mean, I I did this obvious in between my jobs when I, I sold my company in 2015, I spent, you know, the next couple of years going to businesses, consulting them, helping them. And once again, that comes from not going to the John Smith School of Consulting, you know, I ran a company right. for so long in my life and had so many interactions. I always, one of the things I always said is that I can walk into a company and in a very short amount of time, increase their profitability, reduce their costs, find the ways, fix their staffing problems, come up with better branding models. I'm very fast at doing that. I have been just, but it just comes from experience. And it's something that actually I really enjoy do. And that happens to me actually pretty often now. I get calls from a lot of people in business. They, and sometimes it's just quick advice. Hey, what can you do here and what can you do there? And once again, I really right. find that rewarding. In many cases, it's a give back. You know, it, when I was doing it for a while, obviously it was a way to make a living, you know, in between there sort of keep me, keep me out of trouble. Um, you know, but a lot right. of times now it's just about dispensing advice. People come to me. A lot of times I'm on shows like this and I get off the show and the host comes to me and says, hey, how do you think I can fix this or do this? And I'm always glad to help. I think helping people is something that's very, very unique. And it's something that God gave to only humans. I always joke that, you know, a hungry tiger is not going to share its meat with another tiger. <laughs> but humans right. have the ability to actually, you know, take their knowledge, take their money, take their time and help other human beings. And I, and I think that's always a worthwhile thing to do while you're walking this earth. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and, and you know, I wanted to ask you, uh, I do got to let you go here in a second, but I could talk to you all day. I want to get you back on very soon because there's a lot more I want to discuss with you, but I got to get to the next guest. But uh, the final question, um, I think on everybody's mind and you being a, a successful business mogul and doing a lot in your life. Um, how do you see the future of the market? Uh, what, you know, obviously I, I think there's a lot of optimism from a lot of people, uh, but how do how do you perceive this? What do you, what do you think? I mean, if you look at the market over the last couple of days, right, it's, you know, it's rebounded back pretty significantly considering that we really don't have an end in sight theoretically to this, uh, you know, pandemic, um, so that tells right. me that a lot of very smart people and a lot of people with a lot of money feel like that this is going to pivot really well. I have a lot of faith in President Trump who says, hey, I built this economy into the greatest economy once. We're going to do it again. I believe that he is strong enough to fight the, the left's attempts to actually sabotage the economy. So I'm feeling really good. I have a feeling it's not going to end as fast as people think. Right. You know, this virus seems to be crazy contagious, which makes me wonder right. whether God engineered it or a bunch of guys, you know, 8,000 miles away engineered it. But, um, you know, and being so contagious, if a few people have it and a lot of people don't have immunity, I'm not sure how we go back and it doesn't spread again and so on. Um, I don't know, you know, that's above my pay grade to figure that out. So I'm going to guess that we're going to have a several month slow step out of this, but probably by the fall, you'll see things 
stick up. Um, I'm in the travel business. Lux now is a company that engages in luxury travel. I think that there is going to be a huge rebound in the travel business. I'm guessing that's true. Airbnb just got money invested, and nobody's getting money invested into them. Airbnb just got money, and they're kind of a pseudo-competitor of us. Um, so that always tells me when money goes into a company like that, that once again, a lot of smart people feel like that industry is going to rebound. Because you have to realize the travel industry is one industry that's just completely shut. Um, so I believe that's going to rebound, and I just think everything will rebound. It's just going to take a little longer than maybe we'll hope. No, I hear you. No, it makes total sense. Well, um, I'll tell you, Matt, it's been a real pleasure. Let's, let's talk soon. Let's get you back here. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, uh, buy your book, all that good stuff. Sure, Rory. I'm really easy. I was an early adopter of social media, so you can find me at M. Sweetwood at msweetwood or msweetwood.com. Um, everything that I have is there. You can find my book there, links to my book. Uh, please, if you're on Twitter, at msweetwood, I answer everybody. I reach out to everybody. Facebook also, msweetwood or Matt Sweetwood. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, real, really an honor. Uh, thank you. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. 
When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. I hope wherever you are, you're making the best of it. I hope it's going productive. The weekend is approaching. I, I know, you know, these are weird times. I, uh, you know, mixed emotions flowing, but I definitely advise every single person to stay busy, stay consistent, you know, do what you love. You had a lot of stuff maybe on the back burner or things you had on, on, on the, you know, on pause that you wanted to, pursue later maybe now's the time you know I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people keeping themselves busy with various activities that are strongly benefiting their future now I was just thinking the other day um, think about how many people are going to build businesses during this time you can build so many businesses from your home I mean with how evolved technology is, technology is and how you know in society how, how many industries and niches have been created uh, you know it's just the sky's the limit you know, America is – there's always, there's always a opportunity. Um, obviously, I'm going to get to every guest tonight, I promise, guys. I do want to welcome right now, though, we have film financier, an executive producer, and former uh, political um, politician, Jeff Bell. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yes, How sir. Are you? How you doing there, Roy? Hey, good to, good to see you, man. Thank you very much. I have with me, Roy, of yeah. course, uh, my colleagues, Rosie – Flores and Teva Flores from Los Angeles, Southern California. We're glad to be with you tonight. Hi. Hi. Absolutely. Well, great to have you with us. Well, first of all, your first time on the show, you have an amazing background. You, you, you live in Beverly Hills. You, fi- you, you, yes, you, you finance films, which is one of the coolest things to do. Executive producer. You've been in politics. A lot of headache, though, Yeah, it is. It's cool as long as it works. If it doesn't work, it's that headache. Absolutely. Anyway, you're good. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yeah, listen, you know, of course, obviously, I spent, I worked in the U.S. Senate for uh, the staff for back in the late 80s uh, with the Iran-Contra affairs for Republican Senator Don Nichols out of Oklahoma. Uh, in addition, after I left there, I actually worked as a D.C. lobbyist and lobbyist in Oklahoma and California uh, for over 12 years, representing small businesses, uh, tribal governments, healthcare associations, and such. And then I stumbled my way in Northern California on a, a contract and ended up a few years later getting involved, of course, with the Republican Central Committee on the member and, and then eventually ran for office and won the first time out. I was the... Uh, Vice President of Contra Costa County Board of Education. That's in the Barry. Anybody know the Barry, Contra Costa County, Wana Creek, all the – it's about 18 cities. I uh, became the budget chair, which is the money, power, money area, overseeing about $2.6, $2.9 billion among uh, 18, 19 school districts. And uh, obviously I took a lot of criticism for being a big supporter of the president, you know, for supporting the president. But 
more importantly, though, uh, right now, where we're, I have a consulting firm, you know, Bell, um, Royal Financing and such, and but we're, in addition to financing films, we also finance small businesses to some extent. And, and right now with the economic stimulus, Roy, what we do, we're doing, we're, we're assisting small businesses that actually need to maneuver through the system. And it's only a two-page application, but there's so much other red tape to deal with the banks and such to get there. So Teva and Rosie are really, really, really a key players with me uh, in terms of working with businesses. For example, you know, the president was, has been the leader uh, in terms of the Republican Party in terms of getting the $350 billion out to, to uh, businesses over the last week. Actually, it kicked off April the 3rd. And uh, of that $350 billion, we know that um, – there are over how many, how many how many businesses are there at Tampa in the United States right now? There's about 30.2 million total U.S. small businesses right now. So so we have over 30 million businesses. So if you equate that into about 450 billion dollars, that that would last probably in a neighborhood of about eight to nine weeks. And right now the fund is is set to expire June the 30th. But Roy, the president went back, and and Senator uh, Mitch McConnell, the majority I mean, minority leader, went back. Uh, in the Senate two days ago and pushed for another $250 billion and was denied right. by the Democrats. They denied, denied today that. by no, the they, Democrats. They denied that. Yep. It's ridiculous. And, and, and let me, t- let me tell you how well the business well, – let me tell you how well the businesses – how well the businesses are doing, especially minority businesses, in terms of since Trump being in office. For example, Rosie, how many, how many Latino businesses have grown? What's their growth rate in the last year since the president been in office? Has been 46. So, so Roy, forty-six, forty-six percent of all minority, uh, all well, we've seen Latino it's, businesses it's amazing. have grown. Black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, yeah. lowest Asian unemployment. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a double digits before Trump got yeah. off. Double digit. And, 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 yeah. and this, this how, Teva, how many, how, how, what is the gross sales of all Latino businesses in the U.S. right now? About seven hundred billion in gross sales for Latino businesses. Seven billion dollars. That's what Latino businesses contribute to the U.S. economy. Now, now listen. Uh, and how many employees do they employ? Uh, an average, 8.1. Okay, uh, compared to non-Latino. Non-Latino, 11.6. Okay, so how many total you say they employ? It's about 25 million individuals. So, so Latino businesses alone are employing 25 million individuals in the U.S. So Trump has done a lot of great things. That's why this economic stimulus bill is so important to keep the businesses going, especially with the payroll protection program. That program is so critical. You know, Roy, but one of the problems has been, you know this, you know the the politics of it. The banks, because what the president pushed was, his administration pushed to cap the lending rate at 1% to 5%, actually at 0.5, half a percent. To five percent. So normally, most most loans anywhere between seven to twenty one, twenty five, twenty three percent. So the banks are pushing back because they're not making money. For example, if they loan ten thousand dollars, they're only making a hundred dollars. You know what I mean, Roy? So these guys not jumping yeah. up to do this. I mean, right. J.P. Morgan has complained. Wells Fargo and the Barrier Area recently have stopped taking applications. They loaned ten billion dollars out. Mainly, let me note, mainly to VC companies in the barrier, Silicon Valley. They loan because Silicon Valley uh, uh, companies, the venture capitalists, they fought to get in that regulation. 
they, they, they lobbied with the SBA and the Internal Revenue Service and Department of Treasury to get in the regs, but that wasn't in the in, in the originally in the in the legislation. But they got into the regulatory side. So as a form of lobbies, you can work either side. Regulatory side, when the law is passed, they got to write the rules. You know that they got to write and qualify and then promulgate the rules, or or either then you get on the legislative side. So anyway, Wells Fargo currently, as of what? Two days ago, Wells Fargo, I think I mentioned two days ago, Wells Fargo are now denying, they're not doing applications. Now, why is that? The president pushed, pushed, and in, in, in majority, I mean, my minority leader, um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and in the House side, and Mitch McConnell, they pushed for $350, $350 billion. But the Democrats are fighting to keep the individuals from getting that. Isn't that ridiculous? Businesses, you know, of all businesses, how many are owned by small businesses in the United States? 4.65 million. That's Latino, but how many How many small businesses? I think around 99% of all businesses, Roy, 99% are owned by small businesses. 99%. And yeah. we can't assist them in this time. It's ridiculous. It's a it's a weird, I mean, I you know, I, I, I worry. I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, I... You know, I, I'm fortunate. You know, I, I own a I own an app business, so you know people always need apps built. So that's yes, you know, that's a that's a that's a net that's, oh, yeah, that's never a good ending. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's, and it's the future. I mean, technology is the future. And you know, radio. I've, I've been doing radio, which I make money on. But there's a lot of people. I would say 75 yes. percent of people are hurting right now. There's uh, there's yes, most people you don't know, have don't, don't have luxuries where they can. You know, people. A lot of people don't. are living paycheck to paycheck. You know. You're right. You see, and that's why the Roy, and that's why the bill is called the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. The president well, what he I mean meant by, to say, get this here's, done here's the, to provide paycheck. Here's the part. Here's the here's the important part though, is that they weren't living paycheck to paycheck before this crisis. Right. But now since this crisis you're right, hit, you're right. every, imagine everything going unbelievably well, and all of a sudden, just the earth just totally erupts. I mean, Everything's going yes, perfectly. Sir. Like we were having the best numbers ever, and just boom. Yes, we were. Like well, look at look, look at the numbers, Rosie. Roy, let's look, look at the numbers Rosie mentioned for Latino businesses. What is the growth rate the past year, Rosie? Forty-six percent. Forty-six percent Latinos. They've grown forty-six percent in businesses in the last year under the president's oh. leadership. That you can't argue with the numbers. Yeah, I'm sorry. And look, and look at. And look at what do you, who, what do you think? Let me ask you this: What do you think black support for Trump will be? Thirty percent? Oh, it's going to be great. Blacks and yeah, blacks yeah, at least thirty-five, thirty percent. And Latinos is going to be, I think, probably even higher. I really do. I think it's going to be higher. I think it's probably around thirty-nine, forty percent Latino vote, especially in Los Angeles and 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 in L.A. area and Southern California, unlike before. And also a little bit Northern Cal, not as much Nancy Pelosi's district, which used to be my district, unfortunately. So I know firsthand right. how you know they tried to you know they tried to railroad me, you know all the negative drama about me. But guess what? I stood with the president regardless. I you know I I supported ICE coming into schools, you know under certain conditions. I supported that because it's the right thing to do. We want everybody to get legal if they can. However, we don't. We do not want to violate anybody's civil liberty. We want to do what's right for all Americans first. All Americans first. And Latino businesses and African American businesses are very, very, a very intricate part of this society. 
If it were not right. for Latino minority businesses, we wouldn't have this society today, without a doubt, without a doubt. So it's critical to know that right. we support all businesses, and the president's been the leader on this. So anybody, yeah. any minority not supporting Trump, especially business owner, has to be out of their mind, not in their they right really mind. They really do. They really do. I mean, he's fought. No, I mean, you're absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He's. He's cut the, the most regulations out of anybody in the in the history of, of politics. That's right. That he made it easier. And, yeah, yeah, for I example. I mean, this. Right. But, oh, go ahead. Sir, for example, the the example I'm giving you is that with the pay with the paycheck protection program. How, how many pages the application to have? Uh, two, two pages. Can you believe it's only two pages? The president is only two pages, and the president yeah. wanted like he wanted. This is how real this is. He he wanted this to be. You go in the bank at the application. You bring your payroll documents. You've already paid your taxes for the last three years. Guess what? He wanted this to right. be approved in three days, if not immediately, three days. There you go. But the bank, there you, uh, go. you know, in three, that's, that's the president. So anybody's not who doesn't support that have to be outside of their mind, literally Amen. outside no, of their Amen. mind. No, absolutely. No, absolutely, Jeff. No, I, I agree, one hundred percent. Hey yes. Jeff, I do. It's the right, Jeff, it's the right I do thing gotta, to do. I do got to. I'll get. I got to get you back here soon because I want to talk a lot more with you. But I do got to get to the next yes, guest. Yes, but we'll tell everybody yes, where they can connect with you and find your work. Okay. Yes. Well, can we tell them a little bit about and connect with us? As far as the social media. Yes. Okay. So they go to uh, connect with us in uh, Facebook. Jeff Bell and uh, obviously uh, Rosalia Flores and Telva Flores. Uh, Snapchat. Uh, Instagram, also uh, Jeff Jeffrey Bell. So uh, and, uh, and 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 direct. In addition to what Rosie said, uh, one direct way is to contact me directly, Roy, and that is four two four three three five one six one one. Again, that's four two four three three five one six one one. And very quick, let me mention something about the but the film industry. You know, we I, had I do, there were eighty seven films. I do got. I do there were eighty seven films I, I, cut out. Oh, how many? Yeah, so the 87 films stopped. All the film production stopped cold. Yeah. We stopped cold. Right. We had three in production, I mean, in development phase. City National Bank called me and said, hey, we need to pull everything back. So everything is on, on hold. Actually, they've moved it now to October in the film industry. We moved films that were due to be released in June. They're kicking them back to December. Top Gun is one of them. I've worked with Skydance for a long time. Those guys out of... Um, Santa Monica and Black Label Media, those guys, had, they were moving. But Mission Impossible 4 and also uh, Top Gun recently, Maverick, and all this stuff is not coming out now until December the 13th, tentatively. So so the Hollywood has been yeah. adversely affected. Minority businesses, all small businesses, period, hey, all hey, small businesses. I have friends in the no, Bay Area. No, I did it. I did it. Jeff, Jeff, I do got to run. I do got to run. We'll get you yes, back. Yes, sir. That's enough. good. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Thank you very God much. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. God bless you guys. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. God bless. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have famous inventor and patent patenter and inventor Guy Letourneau. What's up, my friend? Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, wonderful. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for connecting on social media earlier. Uh, I did uh, mechanical engineering for about thirty years, and while working for other employers, I uh, 
patented about uh, two dozen inventions. And as I went through that process, now what I hear from people in the patent world is that a lot of engineers kind of just uh, throw that at the lawyers or throw that at outside counsel. They want to get back to their engineering work. But I became more and more intrigued with the process and with the language and uh, with the legal meanings and things. And I just and so uh, at one of my last engineering positions, I studied patent law nights and weekends, and I passed the U.S. patent bar exam to become an agent. So I'm an agent. I'm not an attorney. And now I help startups and small businesses and individual inventors see if I, we can get them uh, their due or the, the rights to which they're entitled. Uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote our patent laws in 1790, and it's our old, I know a lot of conservatives kind of bristle at the word entitlement, but it is our oldest entitlement. And he wrote saying, whosoever invents may apply for a patent. Uh, you know, it, it, it lives in uh, our Constitution, Article 1, Section 8. That's where, you know, what all the things that Congress gets to do, coining money and naturalizations, Army, Navy, Post Office, and stuff like that. And it's right there to promote the progress of science and the useful arts by securing for limited times, that's very important, limited times, to authors and inventors, the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. That's right in our Constitution. That's part of what makes America great. I love it, man. I love it. And, I mean, you tell us some of the products you've worked with. I mean, you've done, you've done oh. everything. I, I, read, I read some <laughs> of the, your resume. It's quite impressive, man. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, in engineering, I've uh, had my hand in designing tiny, tiny little things like uh, cochlear implants, uh, little plastic injection molded parts and teeny electrical connectors. And I, I worked at a foundry for four years. It was, it was a wonderful job, one of my favorite jobs, uh, the ESCO Corporation, a uh, great company in Portland, Oregon. And uh, designing 60,000-pound uh, you know, uh, dredge cutter heads dredgers that keep the Suez Canal open. Uh, I spent about 20 years in electrical connectors too. So, but uh, that's where I kind of did some of my, uh, you know, patent work for other people. But uh, I started, there was one point where I saw an invention that kind of led me to thinking and uh, I switched from direct employment to contract employment. So it puts a clear piece of daylight between when I'm working for the man and when I'm working for Guy Letourneau. And uh, I ended up uh, patenting, writing and filing and getting three of my own patents issued directly with the, uh, the patent office. Uh, you can do that. Uh, our, our system is still uh, the, the best, and uh, if not the best in the world. There are some that are nipping at our heels because uh, technology is becoming more and more widespread. Uh, people are learning how to do things, but uh, also the U.S. patent, you were you hear so many people talk about how partisan the, uh, the government is and, and society is, but uh, the, the U.S. Patent Office is one of the – they're the straightest shooters in government I know. Uh, all the, they, they're, uh, they're well-trained, and uh, they will try – they won't <coughs> give you something you – they won't give you something you don't deserve, but they will do. They'll they'll give you an even hand and an even turn to see if you do have something that's patentable. They will issue that patent. Man, that's pretty. That's awesome. I mean, what a what a cool a cool experience. So now so now you're pretty much kind of just kind of consulting with various businesses and um, stuff like that. Well, right. I so. I, 
cutting out a little bit. Are you there? Can you hear me? Sorry. Hello? Yeah, but I can Hello? hear you better now. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So cutting out for a second. All right. Could be uh, could be where we are. Uh, <laughs> so now you're good. Now you're good. Yeah. So uh, shout out to a number of American. And by the way, a couple of things. Not everybody patents their invention. It's not. It's either not always possible or it's not always necessary. Another route, if you have an invention, is to keep it a trade secret. That's not something I personally can help you with, but uh, attorneys right. can help you with that. They can have agreements that uh, the people who see this uh, don't get to let and the advantage there of a trade secret is a patent expires it's for limited times you know if you get something new you get to be the monopoly you demand for 20 years after your file date and after that everybody gets to play and becomes public domain yeah tell me this so uh for people for people that don't know Tell everybody what a patent is. I mean, obviously, I know it's to protect your idea, to protect your intellectual property, among many other things. I yeah. mean, but that's it in so many words. But right. So a patent is a deal that you make with a sovereign, such as a government. It's a deal that, in exchange for you describing how to make what you make or do what you do how to and and the best way you know how to do it you have to include the best mode you describe what your invention is and how to make it how to do it if it's a process what it looks like all the things it takes for some for the world to know you're standing on the shoulders of giants behind you and you're moving technology forward and here's your piece of the puzzle piece that's a great history of american invention here you go in exchange for doing that they give you a, a period of time in which you are the monopoly. You're the only person who can have that, who can offer it for sale, uh, put it up on the Internet, uh, could, could make it, sell it in, uh, in America. And that includes some pretty unusual places because American soil includes not only some of our uh, embassies and stuff, but it includes American flag vassals and stuff. There's some weird places that patents actually get enforceable. And what are so what are some of your future projects? You got a lot in the works. Uh yeah. Now, of course, I have to keep everything. You know, when I work with a client, I have to keep their invention secret at least until an application right. publishes. But uh, I right. have uh, issued uh, I've issued patents in uh, some uh, with some working with wonderful American inventors. Uh, probably one of my best is uh, uh, a company out in Tualatin, in Oregon, that made a. Uh, <clears throat> a machine to help install granite countertops and they kept losing wow. people and hurting. They had uh, work crews that were throwing their backs out and it was a, a family business. It's a uncle nephew business. And the nephew says, Hey, I'm going to go work with the crews for a couple of weeks to see what the heck is going on. See if I can see how these people are hurting themselves. You know, you get these 850 pound granite countertops being muscled around by five guys. And what do you know? The nephew himself threw his back out. And he's sitting in traction in a hospital at two and a half, three weeks looking at the ceiling. And he's going, I have got to find out. I've got to make something that makes this job easier and safer. And poof, there it is. 
and he came up with right. an invention, and I got that company four patents, uh, and they grew the business from making about 80 a year when they were first getting going, working the bugs out, until they were selling one of these a day. It's an amazing product. And quick, quick question. I, I, I could talk to you all day, and I want to I want to get you to, to be come on here more often because there's a lot of different stuff to discuss. But the, the final thing I want to ask you, I just I have to move on to the, the next guest. But um, in terms of patents, the difference between so like how how do you how does someone if they let's say somebody files a patent. Okay. What, what's, what, are the stip, what are the stipulations where could somebody do something just slightly different uh, but pretty much the same sort of idea? Like what, what are the kind of the restrictions? Because I've seen a lot of people that file patents and then a competitor comes along and then, you know, they'll do yep. something, maybe a few different features or whatever on like a tech product or, or whatever it may be. What, how does that all right. go down? You know what Bro, I'm trying first to say? I'm going to – yeah, I do. Now, I'm going to uh, make sure that uh, the hat I wear in my head says patent agent, not patent attorney. And uh, I right. work between inventor or business and helping them get their patent issued through the patent office. So I work with the patent office. What you're talking about yeah. is more of an attorney is an attorney question. You need an attorney when there's you and a third party like that copycat and a judge. You're going to haul that guy, those copycats in front of a judge. And what's going to happen yeah. there is they're going, to, they're going to examine the claims of the patent. Now, if you own real estate, you've got your title deed that tells you, uh, you know, intellectual property is simple, it works somewhat like real estate. It doesn't give you money. It's a negative right. It tells you what you, tell, what you get to tell other people not to do. In real estate, it means you cannot camp in my backyard. Get off my land. In a patent, it's this is what I own, and only I'm the person who's allowed to make it unless you agree with me on a license or a royalty deal. And that's how patents start making you money. One of my clients knew the guy that invented, you know, everybody knows one of these things. It's the little plastic square with a little hole and the little notch in it that is instead of a twist tie on a bread bag. You know those little, those little plastic things? Yeah. On, on bread, all right? He got paid a half a penny for every one of those things. Ran for 17 wow. years, that patent. Yep. If Jesus. you can, and, and, and with, with everybody home, people are doing different things. Uh, I'm actually right. seeing an increase in my business because there's more yes. people looking at better ways. American has always been one of the most innovative people on yep. the planet. We had the, the most filings in the patent office. Uh, and, uh, we're, yeah, if you, if you can, if, if you solve a 50 cent problem that a hundred million people have twice a week, you can make a fortune. Exactly. And that's the best part. That's one of the best parts of the American dream and, and amen. Absolutely. And tell tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can connect with your business. Um, let's get you back on the show. Well, that patent guy. Definitely. I, I was, uh, I was uh, <clears throat> really glad you invited me on. Uh, www.thatpatentguy.com. If you write me an email at guy at that patent guy. Uh, Google, you know how they, uh, <clears throat> they, they sometimes beat on conservatives. You may get a false bounce 
coming back to you that says the email bounced, but no, I did get it at guy at that patent guy.com. Uh, thank you very much, Rory, for having me on the show. I look forward to uh, another opportunity. Absolutely. Let's talk soon for sure. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you too. All righty. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Popular political commentator, Chris Carter. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, welcome to the show. Uh, your first time on. Uh, obviously, you've lived quite the life. You've uh, done a lot of different things. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, wow. Uh, I've worked all over the media. Uh, I think it's kind of funny because you found me through social media, and I'm running my own live stream operation now called Livecast USA. I worked for CNN for a long time, about 10 years. I used to work for Washington and uh, the Wolf Blitzer crew down there at the Situation Room. I've also worked in New York, Fox News, CNN. I started out my career at MTV 20 years ago doing reality television. And now with the advent of streaming, what I've done has taken all of these transferable skills I've learned from doing TV, doing politics, being on the air, being behind the scenes, and now I'm running my own platform. And it just feels so good to be free of the corporations. I've got to tell you, listening to this show, you have some really good guests on this show. I mean, everybody's so diverse, but knowledgeable within their field. It just doesn't feel like you're listening to another show with a bunch of talking heads like me just bantering on, you know? I, I appreciate your kind words. And, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of good insight. You're very valuable. I've seen some of your work, and, 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 you know, you bring up a really good point. You know, this independent media and, and capitalizing on these podcast platforms, uh, it's really become a thing. Um, you know, we see all these people gaining, you know, a, an audience and uh, really uh, building, building, their, their, building their base up. And uh, I love how um, it just, yeah, I see millions of podcasts, and they, they all have, a, a, you know, a good, good, you know, there's a lot, there's obviously some that don't, but there's many, many uh, that have large audiences. Um, I mean, we're listened to in 25 countries, so you know we're doing pretty good. It, episode 250, episode 255 tonight. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, man. It's just crazy to me. But congratulations but right, also on your deal, you're on your big deal with Salem. You know, I've been to Salem and been on some of their shows up there. I know Joe Piscopo's got that show in the morning. He does great. You're gonna do really well with them. Thank you, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, and, and I, I, what you said, man, just how – just relieving how you can have your own platform now, huh? You, you don't have to, you know – because I imagine when you work for those stations, they told you what to say, what to do. You didn't really – you couldn't go out there and be free and, and say whatever you wanted to the world. But now you have that luxury. Most people don't realize, like, for instance, you know, the longest cable network I worked at was CNN. Now, CNN in New York and Washington. So I've done all their shows. I used to do a bunch of these big presidential debates and things like that. This is when I worked behind the scenes. So I used to be a stage manager and a floor director for the CNN network, right? So I would do all their shows, Jake Tapper. I I never did Jake Tapper, but I was primarily attached to Wolf Blitzer. And then when there would be big, big shows, for some reason they would switch it and they would give me to Anderson and Anderson Cooper. And, you know, I've worked extensively with a lot of these people and a lot of them are really good journalists. But the problem with CNN now 
is just, it is so partisan and so stark, and it's all because of the control of Jeff Zucker, right? One guy takes over the leadership of a network, and everybody's afraid because, you know, this affects people's paychecks. So let's take it this way. Right. You know, let's say a guy like Anderson Cooper, okay, what does he make? He probably makes about $15 million a year or something. He's yeah, going to be in the range to, of I like, I was about to say maybe you know, 15 to 20. Yeah, you're somewhere in there. <laughs> He's got to be in the range of Larry King money. He is not yeah. going to rock the boat. But, you know, what's great about guys like you and guys like me around here, you know, we don't necessarily have to play the inside the beltway game, even though that's where I am right. right now. I have sources all over the country. And with the network that we've created, they don't control the information anymore, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, and look at look at all these people that don't trust the mainstream media. Look at all these people that you know you can't because you know people are figuring it out. More and more people every day are figuring it out, figuring out that all the dark money, all the special donors that go to these media companies, it's a one track agenda. It's all about what's going to make the most money with the headline. It's not about telling the truth. It's about you know mm-hmm. what suits what suits the best narrative. It, it's a it's a crazy, crazy times we live in, and it's sad how we can't live in the old days where they just read us the news and do their damn job. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, you know, and, and all these – Right. Yeah. I mean, well, so you know, once you, you get out of the there. mix, like when you get out of the mix, I mean, when you're working for a company like CNN for, say, your social media guidelines, just that part right. of your HR manual is 28 yeah. or 35 pages or something ridiculous. Switching gears here, the last guest that you had on, Guy Letourneau, I'd love to hear his, uh, you know, viewpoint on this. The drug that's out there right now that everyone is saying really helps the coronavirus is hydroxychloroquine, right? Yep. So everybody keeps hinging on the fact that we think we're going to invent a vaccine in eight months, right? Well, the vaccine game, if you listen to all the medical professionals, you know, I'm right up the street from National Institutes of Health here, right outside Washington, D.C., and I can tell you there is no guarantee for a vaccine. But what's interesting about hydroxychloroquine, there's no patent on it, right? So nobody owns it. It's cheap to make. Remember what Mr. Uh, Letourneau said, after 20 years, it expires. I don't know what it is for pharmaceuticals, but it's probably somewhere in the range you know, that area. And I think that's a huge thing that nobody's talking about is the fact that this drug is widely available. It's cheap and it's not under patent, you know, watch livecast USA. That's what we'll talk to you about on that. (laughs) There's so much more you can get into. I mean, do you believe Dr. Fauci? I mean, aren't these people, I mean, they've inflated the numbers and now they're just completely, you know, new projections, 60,000 max. We were told at one time, even President Trump said it could be 200,000, you know. I mean, I think they're just all having a meltdown because they don't know what's going on. And until we get, like, adequate testing, no one's really going to know anything. You know what I mean? Oh, that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, um, the the whole – the whole situation was CNN when you were there. Was it was it toxic? Was it a toxic environment, or, or was it very professional and nothing like it is today? Well, I can tell you, I was at CNN pretty much when it was peaking. It was the standard. It was the gold standard of journalism, 
And this yeah. is, I left there in 2013, right? After that, they seem to have lost their minds in the second term of Obama. And, you know, it used to be a reputable journalism organization, and now it's just not. I mean, I hate to say it because the majority right. of my career up until this point was there. But at the same time, you can tell that they've lost their step. And it's very personal with them because the president just bashes them every day. You know, I still talk to a ton of people who work there. I mean, the morale is down, to say the least. I mean, especially oh, yeah. after the tapes and everything like this with uh, James O'Keefe and things like that. And then you see this and you see that. I mean, you know, what a lot of people don't know about CNN is CNN just settled a 17-year-old labor lawsuit with their old union. And this was a huge settlement for the National Labor Relations Board for $76 million. It had been going on for 17 years, and it worked its way through every single D.C. court and appellate court. And finally, finally they settled with it. And I believe that uh, it's one of the biggest cases in the history of the NLRB. And, you know, you would think that CNN being so left-wing and pro-Democrat and, like, pro-union, that they wouldn't have broken their own union, but they totally did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I – no, I, I hear you. No, 100 um, percent. It, it's it's an interesting time. And people like Dr. Fauci, I mean, they're involved with the deep state. And, and you know, people like Bill Gates are, are involved with Fauci. And you've got people around Trump right now that are giving bad, bad advice and fear mongering. And, you know, it's just it's, it's this whole Corona thing is really uh, getting out of hand. I mean, the media like CNN is rooting against helping people. Uh, it's it's just so backwards. This is trending on Twitter right now. Something hashtag hoaxed. I believe it's Cernovich. Does he have a new documentary out now? He possibly. Heard I follow his stuff sometimes. He, he, he's done some good stuff. I went to the Night of Freedom in New York a couple of years ago, and I saw that they had shot that night, and they had Chelsea Manning in the audience uh, there. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Yeah, that no, was an I, interesting I, night, and I don't know if I re, I don't know if I recall. I don't know if I recall, but hey, uh, I want to I want to ask you. Cr- cr- let's make you Chris. Can we make you a regular every week? Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. I'd love to come on. All right, all right, perfect. I got to get to one last guest before the show ends, but stay with us. Tell everybody where they can find your show too and connect with you. I could talk to you all day, man. I love all these stories. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I you know I've got a lot of good, good things I can contribute, like. There's a lot of things that general people don't understand about the media out there, but I'd love to tell them because yeah. the veil's been lifted. People are tired of this bullshit. America wants their country back, and it's time that the Absolutely. real citizens stand up and tell the Where truth. Where can they find you? You can find me uh, on all the social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. My Twitter is at LiveCarter75, and uh, I come on. I stream usually a little bit around 8 at night. I do some short clips. And, uh, yeah, Perfect. it's a pleasure meeting me, and thank you, thank you for having me on the show. All right, we'll get you back next week, buddy. Absolutely. All righty, man. Talk soon. Cheers. Have a good one. You too, man. Uh, let's go to activist Gabe Foley. I believe he's with us. What's up, man? Hey, Rory. How you doing? Good, man. I wanted to – you know, I thought the show has just been crazy tonight, man. It's just been absolutely insane. Um, 
It's been sure awesome. I love the people know. you got on that. Yeah, I, I wanted to – oh, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to give you the last couple minutes. Uh, you got to close out here in the next three, four minutes. But uh, your thoughts, man. I'm sure no you got problem. some thoughts. And I apologize that it's gone. It's gone over over time. I didn't think it would, you know, uh, be this um, behind tonight. Yeah, no problem. Everybody's got a lot of time on their hands, you know, with this thing, this crazy coronavirus. You know, I mean, I believe the whole thing is really just a hoax. But um, I'm over here in Berkeley, you know, the the liberal central of the world is pretty much where everything starts, all the craziness, and they got us locked down here. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Fauci guy and all of his connections with the uh, World Health Health Organization, China, Chan Zuckerberg, Clinton Foundation, Big Pharma, CDC, I mean, this guy is all over the place. Yes. Oh, he, he absolutely is. He's in bed with all. And I don't know how these guys give him the Trump cabinet because Trump's been so good to us and so careful. And we have we have the deep state giving speeches and, and briefings every day. I mean, Fauci is the deep state. There's no doubt about it. And something needs to change. And I don't think those guys are going to last there. And that other doctor, because that woman and Fauci, both those doctors are involved with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates went to yeah, Brett. You know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, these people, this guy, I've been watching this guy. Um, I don't know if you've, you've seen him yet, but he's the inventor of email, Dr. Shiva Ayodorai. Yeah, he's been on the show before. Great guy. Oh, he's been on your show. Oh, awesome. I would love to, like, uh, try to find that. I'll do some searching. But, yeah, I mean, I've been watching him and how he uh, he connects all the dots. He's like a systems guy. And so, like, yeah. stuff that, you know, I would never be able to figure out myself or, you know, you, some scientist talks and it tries to explain it, and I'm, like, totally lost. But with this guy, he has an MIT, you know, scientist. Yeah. You can understand, like, all this stuff so easily. And he's got this, this right. Fauci guy and all the drawings he did. He's, he's I, the like, best. He's like, the, oh, he's the best at right. explaining it. Absolutely. I, I recommend everybody go check him out. Uh, Gabe, I'm going to get you back here next week. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. I do have to end the show. we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, go ahead, though. Tell everybody okay. where they can find you. Yeah, no problem. I'm on Twitter. It's just simple. It's at uh, Gabriel Foley, G-A-B-R-I-E-L, Affleck and Frank, O-L-E-Y. And um, I post a lot of stuff, so uh, check it out. Thanks a lot, Rory. All right. We'll have you back next week, my friend. Always a pleasure. All right. Take care. Everybody, it's been an honor being with all of you tonight. Um, Stay safe. Stay inside. Um, I love you all, and uh, I will see you all next week. Until then, have a fantastic weekend. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.